Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of Love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, I love how these Lenten readings immerse us in the drama of the Old Testament. The first Christians saw Jesus in relation to the great figures of the Old Testament. They often speak of his fulfilling of the scriptures. They read him in this sort of interpretive framework. Well, last week, the church asked us to look at Abraham, the father of faith. Abraham who cut a covenant with the Lord, an agreement, a contract. Abraham is the fountainhead of this new people through whom God will save the world. Jesus is the culminating point of this Abrahamic covenant, a new and everlasting covenant I will cut with you, my people. Well, this week, we're asked to meditate a bit on the great figure of Moses. How does God form this people, Israel? By sending the prophets, of course, Elijah and Elisha and Isaiah and Amos, Jeremiah, Hosea. But prior to the prophets, he sent a great lawgiver, Moses, who led the people out of Egypt, out of slavery, and then gave them the law by which they would be formed as a distinctive people. Well, our first reading from the book of Exodus asks us now to meditate upon this figure of Moses. Keep in mind, he was raised, the Bible tells us, by Pharaoh's daughter, he was raised undoubtedly in the splendor of Egypt. He was a prince of Egypt, it's fair to say. Educated, cultivated, in love with the traditions of his people. The first thing we hear about Moses is that he killed somebody. He came out one day and he saw an Egyptian who was attacking a Hebrew. Moses killed the Egyptian, buried him. When the word got out, he fled from Egypt. What do we learn about him from this little sketch told with typical biblical understatement? We learn that this prince of Egypt is a pretty rash, impulsive young man. Like a lot of rich and powerful people, especially when they're young, I'll do what I want, when I want. Is he ready for spiritual leadership? Hardly like Joseph before him. Remember Joseph with the multicolored coat? Joseph would dream that one day his brothers would bow down to him, which indeed they would. But when he was a young man, full of himself, full of pride, self-importance, he wasn't ready for spiritual leadership. What he needed was the long discipline of exile and prison. So here, Moses this rash, impulsive, me-first kind of person. He needs the long discipline 
of the desert. For many years, Moses wanders in the desert and he becomes a shepherd, simple shepherd. What's happening to him? It's God's discipline. The leaders of my people cannot be rash and impulsive. The leaders of my people cannot be self-absorbed. They must be disciplined so that they can do my will. As this reading for today opens, Moses has completed his training. And he's ready for mission. Listen. Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro. Leading the flock across the desert, he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There an angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in fire flaming out of a bush. Now God's ready to speak. Now that he's trained his servant, he's ready to give him a mission. But now let's watch the details of this encounter. God appears in a burning bush, a bush that is on fire but not consumed. That, friends, is a great spiritual symbol. How does God relate to the world? Not competitively, but in such a way as to enhance and bring to fullness the world. The bush is on fire with the presence of God, but it is not consumed, not destroyed by God's proximity, but enhanced and rendered radiant by it. So it goes with us in the order of grace. God comes close to you. You're not overwhelmed, destroyed, consumed, rendered less than yourself. No, on the contrary. You become more yourself, fully yourself, radiant with the presence of God. That's beautiful. Think of that now during the Lenten season as you invite God to come closer to you. Now listen to what Moses says. Moses decided, I must go over to look at this remarkable sight and see why the bush is not burned. You see how still in control he is. Ah, there's still, even after the discipline of the desert, there's still a fair amount of the prince of Egypt in this young man. I decide. I must go. I will look and see what's going on. That's not quite the attitude of faith. That's the attitude of investigation. You're still in charge. Now, when the Lord saw him coming over to look more closely, God called out to him from the bush, Moses, Moses. He answered, Here I am. So, this deity, this divinity, knows Moses by name, calls to him. Moses eagerly responds, well, here I am, undoubtedly wondering, okay, which of the local deities are you? You must be the deity, the God of this place, and you maybe are the God of our people because you seem to know me. You're a very particular God. Then we hear this. God said, Come no nearer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Yes, I know your name. Yes, I call you close. But don't you think you are in command of this relationship? 
Remove your sandals. How come? Well, when you're wearing sandals, you're wearing shoes, you can walk around pretty much as you please. Yeah, you cover smooth ground, rocky ground, climb hills. You take your sandals off, you're much more vulnerable, aren't you? Take off your shoes. You're on holy ground. You're not in charge here, Moses. You want to be a spiritual leader? You want to do God's will? You've got to give up the ways of self-importance. Then God says, I'm the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. I've witnessed the affliction of my people in Egypt. Now again, Moses might be tempted to think, well, this is a pretty local deity. He's the God of our people. He, he knows our ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He knows the suffering of my people. And, and these are, these are a nobody people. You know, they're not one of the dominant races of the world. They're a slave people in Egypt. But this God has heard their complaint. He must be a pretty accessible God. So, maybe now inspire with a bit more confidence, Moses says. But when I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me, if they ask me what's his name, what am I to tell them? Ah, we're on very dangerous ground here. Your name. If you know my name, you have quite a bit of control over me. If you call out my name, I'll probably turn around and respond to you. Even if it's kind of an involuntary motion, I'll, I'll respond. You know my name. You can look me up on uh, the Internet. You can find my email. You can send me a regular letter. You've got quite a bit of control over me. You can manipulate me quite a bit. Look me up on Google and find out about me if you know my name. So, Moses is wondering, what's your name, local deity? Which one are you? A lot of gods out there. And if I learn your name, I can have some control over you. What does God say? One of the most famous lines now in the whole Bible. God replied, I am who I am. Moses wanted to know, which one are you? God's answer shows him how foolish that question is. What's your name, God? I don't have an ordinary name. Which would allow you to control me, allow you to compare me with someone else, allow you to manipulate me, get a handle on me. I'm not here rather than there. I'm not the God of this people rather than that people. I'm not on the mountain rather than the sea. I am who I am. To be God, as Thomas Aquinas said, is to be, to be. To be God is to be not a thing, not a particular existent, not some reality in the genus of being, because God is the creator of all things. I am who I am. That's my name. And what follows from that? As high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are my thoughts above your thoughts, says the Lord. Of course, God is other than the world. God can't be sequestered in the world. He's not one being among many. And I have carved you on the palm of my hand. I am closer to you than your own breath. 
Yes, because the one who is, is here and now creating the universe in its entirety. God is that which can be neither grasped nor avoided, neither manipulated nor run from. Do you see how Moses, in his dealing with God, is recapitulating the stance of Adam and Eve? First they tried to cling, then they tried to hide. Neither one works in the presence of the one who is. That's what Moses learns. That's what Moses learns, and we learn now through him. Once he knows this, once he's gone through the discipline of the desert, Moses is now ready for mission. Go to my people and liberate them in my name, says the Lord. Nobody in the Bible ever gets an experience of God without being sent. It's true of Isaiah, true of Jeremiah, true of Peter and Paul, true here of Moses. Once you're in the presence of the living God, you're a missionary. So we, this Lent, as we come once again into the presence of the living God, we realize the one who is. We stop these silly games of grasping and hiding. We allow ourselves to be seized by this power so that we might become radiant with it and not consumed by it. Okay, now we got a mission. What's yours? Somehow it'll be a mission of liberation. To carry the word of this God to those who are enslaved. You become this Lent a burning bush radiant with God's power and beauty. God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. Most interment arrangements at the 42 Archdiocese of Chicago cemeteries are made through a pre-need plan. Your thoughtful planning today is economically prudent and contributes to peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Catholic Cemeteries counselors are available at your convenience. For more information, call 708-449-6100. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.